And the camera. There we go. Going. Awesome. Oh, is this what peace is? It seems very gentle. I know we speak from a position of uh, relative peace anyway. How could this change? Oh, elections in Taiwan. Maybe that's why the internet's not so good. Chinese markets, mainland versus outside. Chinese language challenge. How is that going so far? And of course, Skirsky music with the January tracks continuing on. Folks, it is Thursday, January 11th, 2024. I'm Steven Sersky, Canadian expat here in uh, Beijing, China. Although I'll tell you, the time that I'm recording this just after midnight uh, on uh, January 12th is actually because I was just watching uh, this uh, TV show on uh, on YouTube. And so what I'm doing right now is actually uh, a language challenge that... Uh, I I knew I've known about this for a while. Uh, I've seen it before years ago. I never really uh, paid much attention to it, only because uh, it was never sort of something that I thought uh, would do me very good. And I had I had other study methods uh, to uh, sort of focus on instead of uh, trying to do more extensive listening and watching, which is what I'm doing now. So this this uh, language challenge, this Chinese language challenge, is actually uh, being put on by the guy who runs HackingChinese.com. I think that's what it's called, .com or .net, one of the two. Uh, but if you type in Hacking Chinese uh, in Google or YouTube or whatever, uh, it will show up. And it's been interesting. There's about 60 people who are taking part in the competition so far. Uh, I was number three for a little while, man, slipping down to number four. Uh, the guy who's running it, he's he's able to do like five or six hours of listening a day. And there's another person who's uh, uh, done it quite well as well. The interesting thing about this challenge, though, isn't so much me pushing myself to listen to so much uh, Chinese, but it's the variety. And this is actually one of the reasons why I joined the challenge is because I wanted access to the leaderboard so I could see what other people were listening to. And uh, today, um, what was it? Yeah, pardon me. See, I'm, it's getting lit already. Uh, I listened to two, three different... Um, Productions here. Look, okay, so it's Guo Dang. Now, Guo Dang, you'll you'll know this guy. You might not know the name, but you'll know his face. He's one of these famous crosstalk guys. Uh, he's typically on at the, the Spring Festival Gala. They usually have him on. Uh, he has his own TV show as well, uh, I, I believe. And he basically sits. He not sits. He stands on stage with another guy who stands behind a table, and they just kind of banter back and forth for like an hour or so. Uh, and he. People laugh, so it must be funny. I can pick up on some of it, but I don't get the nuance on why some things are funny and why some things are not. So my Chinese humor uh, isn't that good, or at least it's not at that level. Oh, goodness. Uh, the other one I call, uh, not called, uh, that I listened to uh, was called Booming Bai, and this is on Apple Podcasts. This one was about Taiwan. And uh, I didn't really, I didn't translate it. I did listen to a bit of it. Uh, I listened to about an hour of it. And uh, I was kind of, it was talking about how change in Taiwan, I guess it was about the Taiwanese elections, to tell you the truth, which is, I didn't know what was going on until I was uh, uh, talking to a, a friend and a former colleague uh, that uh, he said, yeah, th these elections are going on, which would make sense why the internet's kind of going slow these days. Um, but this podcast was about an hour long uh, talking about uh, some of the things that are uh, 
going on between uh, Taiwan, uh, China, and how the relationship is sort of how the relationship is basically. And there's a lot of reference uh, to uh, uh, Japan and other parts of the world. Again, I didn't translate it, so I don't really know what it was about entirely. Uh, the success in this, however, is that I was able to follow along. So although I wasn't able to translate in real time, I was able to follow along and pick up in places if I got lost. Uh, now, granted, I'd need to know where the timestamp was so I could look in what general area. But once I knew what time to sort of look at, uh, I could then find uh, which character uh, they were talking about. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, recording these after midnight. Not always such a great idea. I was fine up until, you know, 40 minutes ago. So the last one that I watched, which I just watched right now, uh, is Jia Yo Nuar. And this is apparently it's an old uh, Chinese TV show with <clears throat> what is it there is a father who has a teenage daughter and a mother who has two young uh, sons and the I guess the, the mother and father are both divorcees or whatever it is uh, so they get together and it's it's a comedy it's about, it's only 25 minutes it's on uh, YouTube you can look it up Jia it's like uh, like Jia Ting like house yo as in have and you are as in woman uh, this house has a woman, and I guess it sort of centers on, well, the, the, the parents, of course, but how they sort of uh, deal with the conflict that can arise from having uh, a mixed family in that regard. So it's, uh, I didn't mean to watch the whole thing. I did mean to actually record this episode a little bit earlier, so I wouldn't be uh, taking deep breaths throughout, <laughs> but I wanted to see, it was only 25 minutes. And the uh, the intro and the outro took up about six, three, four, five minutes of it. So the full content was only about 20 minutes total. And we're talking, this show must have been, uh, I don't want to say it's that, well, it's got to be the 1990s before cell phones. Because uh, there's not a cell phone in sight uh, in this thing. So uh, it was, and a lot, the, the city seems a little bit greener in it as well. So I'm not sure that sort of dates the production as well. Uh, but apparently it is an old TV uh, show. Funny. Uh, I could follow along. Could mostly understand. Uh, now, the Chinese subtitles are burned in to the video. So if you're going to watch this on YouTube, uh, you can't shut the subtitles off. Which is good because then you can still follow along. Um, even if you can't translate properly. You can, of course, use the uh, uh, the closed captioning feature on YouTube to translate, auto-translate the, uh, the subtitles if you, if you need. Uh, but certainly an interesting uh, TV show. And again, this whole challenge, although I do want to listen to more Chinese, I also want to find more sources to listen to Chinese because I'll tell you, it's it's, it's difficult to know what to look for and how to look for it. You really do have to sort of stumble upon these things or uh, talk to a few people, uh, like Chinese speakers as well, and sort of get what they're listening to or watching uh, at the moment. All right, so what is this? Peace, why am I saying this? What am I talking about normal? So today was, I only had a half day. I worked in the morning and then I had a work meeting in the uh, evening as well, where I was complimented on my uh, recent uh, uh, goings on at uh, at the at the job. They're saying, hey, Steve, you, you sound pretty good these days. I'm like, yeah, well, uh, let's hope it keeps that way. Last year was very busy. 2023 uh, was very busy, and we were working, uh, if you guys remember, like six days a week, 12 hours a day, 
And it's very easy. I found it, at least in retrospect, easier to sort of um, keep things moving and be a lot more professional and business in that situation rather than like if you only have to do like a half day of work. And if your half day of work consists a lot of waiting around, that's what kills your momentum is waiting around, letting your mind wander. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I could go do this. I could go do that. Oh, maybe I'll just, I'll read a page in my book or I'll read this article here or whatever and all sorts of things. Uh, It's hard to sort of keep yourself focused on the task at hand if the task at hand requires waiting for the task to load. And I don't know about you guys, but this is the same thing with internet pages. Like if you have to wait for a website to load, how fast do you switch to another tab or something else that's already open? Then, well, I'll just read this. And how long does it take you to get back to that tab that's still loading? Same thing. Same same with uh, having work. No, work is a little bit different because once the task pops up, you actually have to pay attention to what's going on. Uh, but uh, it, it certainly does slow things down and draws things out, I found. It, it was a lot easier to uh, sort of sit here at home or stand here at home since I do have a standing desk and just plow my way through work. You wouldn't have to think about it too much. You, now, when the day started at 8.30 or 8.20, you knew that you were going to be busy until 4.30, especially on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, it was a very sort of striated, uh, what do you call it? Not triaged, uh, plotted day, uh, scheduled day, wherein I knew it when work started, I knew what I'd do at my first break, which is prep food. At lunch, I'd go out for a run. Uh, afternoon break, it'd be like uh, nap time if I could. And then after work, typically a after work workout as well. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday would be very busy in that regard. Now that is changing as demonstrated by yesterday, where I didn't get out to do my workout until two o'clock in the afternoon, 2.30. And I wasn't finished until five or so because I just kind of took my time. Tomorrow, likewise, I don't work tomorrow. Uh, and then Saturday as well, I only have a half day in the afternoon, I think. So this is um, this is slow. And that's why I say, is this what normal is? Is this what uh, peace is? And I know this. it's very odd to say, is this peace when there's things going on uh, in the Middle East and in Ukraine uh, and uh, all over the place? Lots of uh, conflicts. But those are the two major ones that take up a lot of the, the media space as it is. And uh, I can't help but think, well... At least for me and for us right now, things have settled down a little bit. Now, I was talking to uh, another guy who used to live in China quite a, um, uh, for a long, long time, but he since left. Um, I was mentioning him like we sort of it's things have gotten a little bit easy all of a sudden, which is quite nice because we were so busy all of last year uh, that it was very hard to take stock of just how fast time was going, and I mentioned that uh, uh, the internet has been kind of slow these days and the, the cell phone coverage is okay, but the internet, like the Wi-Fi has not been okay. And he mentions, oh, well, because Taiwan's having elections. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, you know, we kind of got onto the subject afterwards of, well, this is very nice and peaceful, calm, cool, collected. What could change this? Something unexpected. Like, as much as people didn't expect, or they did expect, Russia to invade Ukraine in 2022, they did. 
Likewise, uh, the pandemic. Although people knew that the healthcare system was in disarray and this could happen and that these labs were working on different viruses and stuff and that something got out in China, no one knew it was going to go that crazy, but it did. So I kind of look at this and go, if this is peace, is this the calm before the storm? And I hate asking that question because if that's the calm before the storm, um, like when's the storm going to happen basically? And would I be ready for it? What, what shit is about to hit the fan or the wall or whatever? I guess that's the question I have. What's going to, you know, ruin this good, calm magumbo that's going on at the moment? I hope nothing. I hope things sort of, I hope things kind of just stay, can I say normal? Like they just go back to normal and, you know, no one's fighting and killing and no one's crying about stuff or uh, complaining about stuff. Just, just let's get our work done. Let's all be productive sort of thing. Is, is that too much to ask? Or is it too wiffle waffle to sort of ask? Now, all that being said, with um, it being peaceful and calm and elections in Taiwan and slow internets, uh, I was looking at the Chinese markets. Now, this is something that uh, there's sort of a contrarian indicator that uh, you have to be uh, aware of and you have, to, I have found that it's almost easier to see this if you stop paying attention for a long time. But the trick is to check in every now and then. And the Chinese markets are one of them. Now, the American markets in New York, the S&P 500, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, all make it, they're all up near highs and everything. And the Santa Claus rally, for what it's worth, did pretty well. There was a sell-off on the first day or two of the new year, but I think the Santa Claus rally basically finished positive. First five days of the trading year also finished positive. Uh, which typically means that uh, the, the year is going to be a good year. Now, what also happens, January has a massive correction at some point. Uh, I was talking to this uh, guy again, we're talking about how oil could be impacted by what's happening in the Middle East. Now, typically, oil doesn't make a bottom. Uh, it makes one bottom in December, and then it typically spikes up, and then it drops again sometime in January. And we're going to... Not that we're going to see this, but if something were to flare up in the Middle East, if China were to get involved um, in an effort to sort of, you know, uh, stake their claim on the world stage or something like that, uh, that could spike the price of oil. I don't know. Again, I wouldn't use podcasters as a source of um, uh, financial advice. You got to check with your own financial advice and advisors and do your own uh, due diligence. But the price of oil although has been slow to rise, could very well bottom sometime in the next two weeks or so. And from there, it might move up. Now, who knows? It could or could not. Would that mean that the markets would top? Like the broader markets, if they came crashing down while oil stocks shoot up, what would happen with the gold stocks? And what would happen with Chinese stocks? Because Chinese stocks have been slammed. I was looking at, there's one ETF, um, I follow two uh, major ETFs. One is a triple leveraged, which means that the uh, the uh, the type of instruments that are used or the type of assets that this ETF has are try to 3x the 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 underlying asset. So a typical ETF only tracks a a certain uh, basket of equities or uh, stocks or markets and stuff like that. 
and it only tries to match it one for one, somewhere around there. This one tries to match it three to one based on a daily average or a daily movement. So if the, the normal one is only goes up 1%, these other ETFs, these triple leverage will go up three times. They'll go up 3%. Now this can, you can even, you can tr- multiply your volatility on this if you buy options on these as well, like puts or calls. And that, like when you buy an option on a triple leveraged ETF, uh, you can make lots of money very quickly. You can also lose it. <laughs> Contracts expire and you, they, they can expire worthless and you don't get your money back, unlike an ETF. The problem with a triple leveraged ETF uh, and the other why and other things like that is that if you play them wrong, you can get either margin called or you can basically get wiped out in your account. Now, if you're not using margin to buy these things and you're only buying them in cash, and if I'm losing you, I understand, just bear with me. If you buy these triple leveraged ETFs with cash, there's a threat that it could go to zero. But if it doesn't, typically what they do is that they reverse split. So they just make more of them available. So it boosts the, uh, the price of the ETF. That's a digression. Now I'm watching one called FXI. Um, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's ba- I think it's produced by iShares. iShares FXI, which tracks the uh, biggest, the large cap Chinese stocks that trade in Hong Kong, I believe. The triple leveraged uh, ETF is YINN. How can I say this? Uh, Yalta India uh, Nimbo Nimbo. <laughs> I don't know. Ninja Ninja. Is that the code? I have no idea what the code is. Why? Why? Like the letter Y, I, as in the letter I am, and then N, N, as in no, no. <laughs> I got to work on my call signs, don't I? Uh, But uh, so these two ETFs now, YI and IN, IN and YOUNG is the uh, sort of uh, the two ETFs, uh, but IN tracks FXI and this thing put in what it looks like to be a bottom. And so I'm looking at this. You're going, Steve, WTF, what the hell's your point already? My point is American markets are going really high. Oil typically bottoms sometime at the end of uh, January. Chinese markets have been trashed for the last year, and they seem to be making a a bottom with Spring Festival only three weeks away. And I I faintly recall, I don't have any statistics of this uh, because I think, um, yeah, I don't, they used to track this, but uh, not too many people look at the Hong Kong market or the Shanghai market um, in in correlation to their, their holidays. I'm not sure it's as easy as it is with the larger uh, North American and like Western uh, big cap uh, Western markets, basically. Before Spring Festival, Chinese markets could very well rally. And that's, I, I can't help but think that that's what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Now you might say, oh, not a possible, uh, how could that happen? Chinese goods are getting lost. Uh, in the Middle East, blah, 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 stuff like this. Shipping is, um, maybe they're not getting lost, but they're being delayed. What if China stepped in, offered some assistance? They have military over there. Would that boost Chinese markets? Oof, good question. I I don't know. But would that give people more confidence in Chinese 
stocks and stuff like that? Or would it simply be that the situation in the Suez uh, Canal in the, in the Middle East gets solved and China becomes a beneficiary of that because right now uh, a lot of companies are being sold off uh, for any number of reasons. And, and the government did sort of say that they were scrutinizing a few other sectors like technology, finance, and there's two others that were being overhauled once again uh, here in China. Uh, and that typically forces a lot of um, funds in the United States to start dumping stocks. So the big point is that everyone hates China. No, There was an article in the Wall Street Journal that was saying that these uh, Western-based funds, the New York-based funds, London-based funds uh, were dumping. Maybe it wasn't London. Maybe it was just New York. They were dumping Chinese stocks. Chinese stocks are in the toilet. That, if you've heard of that saying, buy when there's blood in the streets, then what is happening in China right now with their equities is that we're seeing some sort of ultimate sell-off here, this this capitulation almost, uh, that is that has driven these stocks very low, and no one believes in China anymore. Everyone's hating on China. They're hating on the, the companies and everything else as they normally do. Is now the time to buy? And so I did make a little position uh, with the... Uh, the Chinese ETF, and uh, we'll see how it's up today by 50 cents. So we'll see how that one goes. You might say, oh, it's only 50 cents. If I've got this right, the last time that this ETF was at that level, I think it quadrupled within three months. So that's kind of where I'm looking at these things. That's kind of what I see possible, potentially, or it can drop to zero. <laughs> like, who knows what's going to happen next? That uh, I, I would be shocked if uh, anything really major happened. I think it's just going to be more of more of a gentle sort of uh, gentle sort of agreement. Okay, well, stop blowing things up and uh, let's get back to business sort of thing. Don't know. Again, do your own research. Talk to your financial advisor. Don't take podcasts as uh, entertainment as. Uh, any sort of advice or direction or guidance in your uh, financial decisions. All right. So that has been quite a day, quite a bit of a discussion. Hope you got something out of that. Uh, and finally, uh, Skirsky Music, I am continuing on with the January uh, Song of Day Challenge. So I've posted quite a bit of that. I got uh, actually watched a few of the guys' uh, clips who, who uh, he started this many years ago. I'll have to talk about this another time. But mine can, uh, continues on. Skirsky Music on bandcamp.com is where you can find it. All right, folks. I'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks available up on the uh, the website, on my website, stevenshirsky.com. Have a good one out there. Stay warm. Get your runs in. Eat your broccoli with your mustard hand. We'll do this again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.